This is Health Matters with Sipla. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know that wellness can actually be quite a complex thing. Uh, Many factors affecting it, obviously. Not all of them are necessarily physical. Our mindset and mental perspective have a huge influence on how we cope on a day-to-day basis with stresses and challenges. Today, I'm speaking to someone who has an uncanny ability to see things differently. Uh, And, of course, who can show us a unique view on the world that might just make everything feel better. Uh, John Sine is an author, speaker, future strategist. He's Africa's first uh, faculty member of Singularity University in uh, San Francisco, a lecturer at Duke Corporate Education in Johannesburg, as well as an associate partner at the Copenhagen Institute of Future Studies in Denmark. John has some interesting thoughts on the world, especially what's happening right now, and of course, where humanity might be headed to. John, welcome to Health Matters. Wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, John, let's start with what's going on in the world at the moment. Uh, your latest book, Future Next, delves into the effects that the pandemic is having on the global society and how, of course, we can deal with the changes and uncertainty that it's brought. Tell us a little bit more about, about the book. Well, the book uh, is called Future Next, and uh, I started writing it in lockdown because I was frustrated with so many of my clients asking me to take them back to normal. And uh, I kept trying to say to them, look, normal wasn't that great. Let's not kid. It was just all we knew and it was familiar. Why can't we take this time now to reimagine and recalibrate what the world could look like? Mm. And how do we participate in a world that we are participants in rather than sitting on the sidelines, blaming, shaming our past, our government? Uh, You can name a million things that people can blame. So the book really is broken up into three sections. The first section is the emotional set. It's like, how do you get through uncertainty when your brain is wired and addicted to certainty, mm. which is really key. And we must unpack that because mm. as a society, we are addicted to certainty and anything that's not certain, we become very anxious about. Mm. The second part is how do we devise a new socioeconomic system whereby we can have more people sitting around the table, sharing in the abundance that's around uh, the world that we're in at the moment, rather than just having the haves and have nots. And then the third part is an action point to entrepreneurs, employees, employers, policymakers, and citizens to become participants in the future mm-hmm. so that we can all play an active role in future next. You know, the future is not set in stone like many people think it is. It really is very malleable. And this is what we're going to be unpacking today. It's our, our health, our emotional health, our mental health, and how that projects and echoes into the future mm. And back to us. And I think it's a really important topic for us to unpack. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, you must have seen it over the course of this pandemic and on a daily basis and get asked the same question, John, what can I do right now? You know, I, I can't sleep at night. Uh, this is, I mean, I'm in the space where I'm living in right now and, and right now it's not a, a great place. I've got so much anxiety. Where does it all begin? If we can start at, at, at the very beginning with that mindset, it's almost like, and I, I, I don't know if it may be a knee jerk reaction is that, but it's almost like this, we're, 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 we're stuck in a moment in the the words of a U2 song, we're stuck in a moment we can't get out of. Yeah, look, I think it's a tough place for everybody. And people, you know, it doesn't matter where, which part of society you're from, uh, whether you're very wealthy, middle class or poor, this uncertainty is unnerving. Because if you're Mm. very wealthy, you've got, you're set to lose everything. Sure. And if you're already on the, on the brink, you set to lose everything. But I think it just calls us to understand what a transformation is yeah. and what a transition is. And I, and I want us to, to go back in time a little bit to try and give some context of where we are. Mm. 
Remember that when we were in the agricultural times, uh, two, three hundred years ago, the most important thing we could do as human beings was understand the soil, the seasons, and understand how we could farm it so that we could eat well and take some products to the market and trade. The most important thing that we had in that period of time was our brawn, our muscles, our body power, and understanding of the seasons. Then we started moving into this industrial revolution. Remember that the people that had the skill sets of agriculture that moved into the industrial revolution started to realize that their skill sets were becoming less and less relevant. Because why? The most important thing in the industrial revolution was left brain, logical, process driven thinking called mathematics, accounting, Excel spreadsheets. These were all there to give us an opportunity to bring more efficiencies, economies of scale, more profitability, and for us just to get better at what we did. Because the world we come from is a linear, innovative world, which means that we're continuously improving what we did last year. That's where we are right now. And the problem here is, is that we're moving from the Industrial Revolution to a brand new, hyper-dynamic, quantum digital world. And guess what? The skill sets that we have been trained to have are being automated. So everything that we've been taught at universities and school and maths and all these things are becoming automated. So everything around us is becoming commoditized. So everything that we studied and the jobs we got and the degrees we got has almost landed us in something I call the surplus society. We're living in a world of surplusness, of sameness. Yeah. Why? Because the education system created the same types of people. So we all have similar skills and nobody's really standing out from the crowd. So what happens is that you've been told through society and education that you should study this, be a good career person, and you'll have all the guarantees that come with that. Yeah. And today we don't have those guarantees. So all of a sudden, everything we've been taught for so long doesn't really count. It's not even relevant. So what's the most important thing for us to start thinking about is intuition, where we've moved from brawn to logical intelligence to intuition. And we need to start practicing this muscle. We need to start awakening this muscle because as we move into the future, more and more jobs are going to become automated. And the only thing that can't become automated is social connection and emotional cohesion a.k.a. curiosity, mm. a.k.a. intuition. Mm. So the fact that you're feeling anxious means that you're still holding on to the old world, the old promises, the old outcomes that you were expecting, and you're not able to switch it into creator opportunity seeking and saying, well, look, I understand we've moved from brawn to intelligence, from intelligence to intuition. Now I need to start thinking about reinventing myself and figuring out how I'm going to bring value to the world that I'm moving into mm. rather than trying to hold on to the value I created pre. And this is a tough part, you know, because some people thrive in chaos and some people don't, and most people don't. Yeah. And what we have to do is adopt an entrepreneur mindset. You know, an entrepreneur mindset is not about having your own business. It's about solving a problem enthusiastically with the gift of having a bigger problem to solve post that. That's yeah. what an entrepreneur does. And that's the type of people we need in the world right now. And if you are feeling anxious, it's because you're not switching on the entrepreneur mindset and emotionally, you could be a little bit unfit. Because if you're running or cycling and you can't breathe, yeah. you need to practice that more so you can breathe better. Sure. If you're continuously finding yourself anxious, it means you're emotionally not fit and you emotionally need to become stronger, mm -hmm. a.k.a. intuition.
John, do you think that there's a generational, I mean, if we look beyond, uh, I mean, going back before the pandemic, because interestingly enough, we we were going to go down this road eventually. And the pandemic, to your words, it sped up the process of of us getting there. We've now moved in a very short space of time to this new uh, revolution. And and, uh, it kind of reminds me of growing up with parents that are trying to uh, uh, kind of get their grasp of of technology. You know, you've got grandparents and possibly people that are listening to this podcast for the first I'm thinking, mm. I didn't know podcasts exist. This is great. I'm yeah. loving this. Yeah. Um, and then you talk them through the process of this thing called a computer and how it's going to change mm. the way they're going to do the, their life. Mm. Um, all of a sudden, there, there is and there does seem to be this generational gap where youngsters and a younger crowd, a younger mm. younger generation t- tend to grasp what we're doing next mm. a lot quicker mm. than mm. A, a slightly older crowd who are looking at this going, this is way beyond me. I've, I've been doing the same job for the past 30 mm. years. I now have mm. got to start thinking about doing this job slightly differently, more effectively, mm-hmm. perhaps mm-hmm. Uh, uh, trying to evoke this entrepreneurial spirit, spirit that I have to try and create in this, in this, in this time of, of change. They just mm. find it a bit harder. There, there seems to be a generation that almost needs more help than, than others. Well, look, if we go back again and think about the turn of the 19th century when electricity was introduced to the world. We had the same issues, you know, the people that didn't understand electricity were panicking about the new world and how they're going to retrain themselves and what are they going to do? And guess what? We made it. Yeah. And if you think about, if, you, if you've actually seen any marketing that's anti-electricity, I don't know if you've ever seen those. There's a few pictures that they created for newspapers <laughs> that were warning people against electricity because it was so dangerous, it could kill you, yeah, but it yeah. wasn't telling you all the benefits it was going to give you, right? Sure. So today we can't imagine a life without electricity. So it is just what it is, right? Yeah. I think it's not, I think as much as it is a generational thing, which I think you're right. Yeah. But I also think it's a mindset thing because yes. you can also have 25 year olds that are thinking like 60 year olds and you can have 60 yes. year olds thinking like 25 year olds. So I think it's a mindset. It's yeah. a identity breaking situation. And let me explain that because I think that's key is that the older generations have developed identity based on their degrees, their doctorates, their positions and organizations. And by you reinventing yourself means you're actually having to let go of who you were to become who you need to become. And that's a very, very difficult thing to do, especially because you've been already successful. Now you're telling me I need to let go of that success in order to be able to get something else. What do I say? Oh, I'm not good at technology. Oh, no, no, no. I've just been doing this job for too long. I don't need to change. All you're actually saying is that my brain doesn't want to let go of who I was in order to become who I need to become. Now, I'll end this piece with one quote from a guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza, a teacher of mine. And he says, are you living a life based on a set of memories of your past? Or are you living your life based on the vision of your future? Wow. Most people are stuck in memories. Wow. They repeat memories, they repeat memories, and then they complain that the world is not like it used to be. But guess yeah. what? It never is. It never has been. What are you trying to peg an old world into the new world? So my suggestion is figure out what you're curious about. Mm. Figure out why you've been put on earth. And I think that's quite a like a, a big sort of generic uh, spiritual statement. But mm. Even Mark Twain spoke about it. He said the yes. two most important days of your life are when you're born and when you find out why. And it's really about us starting to pick up why we're here and how do we add our very signature to the fabric of society? Because guess what, Ryan, you and I are have got our own very specific curiosities. Yeah. Those curiosities that we have access us to our genius. And our curiosity and our genius is very, very 
unique to us. Mm. When you get to access this part of who you are, you then are not part of the surplus society because nobody's like you. And then you can only add value to the world through a process of collaboration. And guess what? Because you're doing what you're curious about and what you're excited about, you've always got energy. You always want to be innovative. You always want to add value. The people that are not accessing that genius are the ones that are anxious, yeah. the ones that are holding on to the old stories. And I think it's a mindset. It's a decision that we need to make. John, you know, you've got the manual for what, 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 I mean, it's, it's, and it's in the title, Future Next. And, and it really does take people and what seems like a logical explanation, because let's face it, when we got, uh, we were struck with the pandemic, no one said, right, businesses, stop for a second. This is the new, the, and you, when we started the podcast, the new norm. We're tired. We've got this whole book full of catchphrases. We're just tired of, of, of hearing over and over again, but nobody, uh, by yourself and maybe a handful of others have kind of gone, well, listen, how, how are we helping to get people from all walks of life to change their way in a healthy manner, to change the way they, they see what's happening around them now, how they do what, what's needed to be done? Nobody's putting their hands up and going, well, listen, we can help you. We, we, we really understand this. We prepared for this and you should be too. Yeah, look, I think I think there are quite quite a number of people, especially in my world, that uh, I've seen this as an opportunity to add new value to the world, right? And I think Future Next is part of that. Mm. But it's a manual process that I had to follow because okay. you know when before COVID nineteen, I was living in Dubai and London, I was traveling the world, I was, I was speaking around the world, and then COVID nineteen happened, and within twenty four hours, I was living on my parents' farm in Mahubas Cliff, and for the next six months, I was in lockdown with them. Right, so in those six months, I had to go through all the emotions, all the mental strife, mm. watching my business dissolve. I went through all those processes, but I think the, the the process that I think we need to figure out, and I think it's three things that I want to say around this process. It's just the three things that you need to do. One. You need to mourn your future memories. Now, most people think that memories are from our past, but memories don't have time attached to them. We apply time to memories. And so when we go through a divorce or a breakup, what do we do? We mourn the future house we're going to buy together, the future kids we're going to have together, the future adventures we're going to go on together. Those memories are not from the past. They're from the future. And as collectively as a human tribe, we have all have to say goodbye from some parts of our future. Now, if we hold on to those expectations that we always had, guess what? You're going to become anxious, frustrated, angry, irritated that it's not going like you thought it was going to go. So the first thing is mourn your future memories. And mourning anything takes five stages, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, grief, and acceptance. And so you find people that are angry or in denial or in bargaining or depressed is because they haven't gone through the process of accepting the fact that the future is not happening like it was going to be. Let go of that. And once you've gotten yourself to acceptance, you can start to energize yourself for the next aspect of creating. The second thing we need to do is we need to become contextual professionals. In other words, we need to understand what part of the pattern are we in right now as humanity. Mm -hmm. Now, we are consistently going through patterns. And if you pick up on some of the major patterns that are happening around the world, you'll start to realize that actually what's going on has been preempted and predicted for many, 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 many years ago. There's a great book called The Fourth Turning. And in it, what they do is they go back to the 1600s and they research these 80-year, 100-year cycles that humanity have been going through for the last few hundreds of years. The last time one of these, they call them sacalums, one of these sacalums, these 80-year cycles ended, was 1946 and World War II ending. 
And then what happened was the early 1950s and the late 1940s was a brand new world. United Nations, IMF, space programs, jet programs. Everybody was so excited about the spring that we were moving into a world of peaceful living. Guess what we are? We are at the end of another 80-year cycle. Mm -hmm. And what happens at the end of every 80-year cycle? Every single process, sector, or ideology that you once 100% trusted, you don't trust anymore. Let me give you some examples. One, education. Does it mean anything anymore? Not really. Socioeconomic systems, they've just printed 30% of all the dollars in existence in the last year. Does this, does it mean anything? No, it's falling apart. Politics. You remember when we used to listen to the news and think it was gospel? Now we're like, mm, who's telling us that? We don't know if we believe that. Fastest growing religion in the world? No religion. How many divorces are happening? Even the, the structure of marriage has been questioned. Now, Every touch point is being questioned. So you understand that that is part and parcel of a process that ends a world to begin a new world. Yes. Now, if you have that context, you then are okay with what's going on. You're like, oh, this is part of the process. I understand winter is about death and destruction and implosion. What comes after winter? Spring. How do I prepare for spring? And then the third thing. So first was mourn your future memories to have some context of where we are in the pattern. And I've got many of these patterns that I can share with you. And third is how do you perceive change? Mm. What are you doing inside your head that says to you, I'm excited about creating something new or I'm depressed that the old world is not what part of the future. Mm. And so that's a very internal process that you need to work through to say, look, the future is not slowing down for you. Your skills have to be upgraded like everybody else's skills. The way you apply yourself to unlearning and relearning is only up to you. Mm. Now, if you don't take on that responsibility, guess what? You're going to be anxious, angry, frustrated, and most probably very poor. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, this is an incredible opportunity to pick your brain a little bit about some of those, you know, breaking those cycles and getting, and getting out of, I know it's a lot, it's a lot more in depth than just a little help us, John, get away from, from the anxiety we feel and, uh, you know, the, this terrible mental state that the, the, the world has, has seen itself in. It's, it's a lot more complex than, than just John give us the answer. Well, I think it is complex because we are complex beings, yeah. you know, and our perspectives are made up of our memories and stories and trauma. Yeah. And if we're holding on to stories and trauma that are painful, that don't serve us, that don't energize us, guess what happens? They become magnified in chaos. Mm. They become magnified in change. They become magnified in uncertainty. So in fact, this world is forcing us to go back into ourselves to try and heal parts of ourselves that we're not happy with. Yeah. And we were too busy to heal when things were chaotic pre-COVID-19. So I think that COVID-19 is a gift wrapped in sandpaper. Yeah, I do you know, too. It's tough on the outside, but on the inside, there's gold. Absolutely. I'm excited. I mean, I, more so than ever, the opportunities that exist. I mean, we're like a field of proteas that have been burnt down. You know, we need to be burnt down so we can regrow. And when we regrow, we're going to grow stronger, better. And, and there's just so many opportunities that, that people are, are missing out of that entrepreneurial uh, kind of mindset to go, well, what can I do? And now how can I thrive uh, amongst all this, this chaos? How can I find an opportunity to do something now that I've always wanted? There's never been a more opportune moment than right now to do something you've always wanted. To to do and do it successfully. Um, so I, I, for one, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this. I, I can't wait uh, to, to see what the future holds. Now, mindfulness, John, has become such a big word. Yes. We have we have mindfulness, the buzzword over recent years. How can we make it work for us, mindfulness? Well, I think mindfulness is an extension of emotions that are within ourselves that affect the way we think. Mm. Now, if we've got... Um, 
unhealed uh, emotions yeah. and unhealed trauma and things that are painful from our past that we haven't worked with that we that we sweep under the carpet and think, well, no, I don't want to deal with them. I'll just drink another bottle of wine. And hopefully by Monday morning, those things would have gone away. And they obviously don't. <laughs> they don't. And so what I is know. mindfulness? Re- yeah, they don't. Of course they don't. They compound, actually. So what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is being comfortable within your mind. And what do we most do? We do everything not to be with ourselves, mm. right? So we have to be around people. We have to be exercising. We have to be taking drugs or we have to be drinking alcohol. Or we have to watching TV. There's almost nowhere that we spend time with ourselves. And the reason for that is that we haven't had the opportunity or taken the opportunity to heal emotionally. And it's only when you're able to heal emotionally. And I'll give you an example. Let me, let me land this with a personal example. I come from a single mom family. And my father was a violent and angry man as we were growing up. And I never really had a great father figure in my life. And when I was eight years old, my mom uh, took my brother and I one day and we ran away from my dad. And um, we got away and went and lived with my grandparents. And for 32 years, from eight years old to 40 years old, I hated and detested my father. I did not want to know anything about him. He was violent. He, was, he just never helped us. He was just everything you shouldn't be as a dad. And for 32 years, I attracted abusive alpha males into my life. And I'm not gay, I'm straight, but I mean in business, yeah. uh, friendships, mm. you know, everywhere. I kept recreating the character of my expectation of what an alpha male should be. I hadn't forgiven him. The trauma was deep inside me. And that's just every time I engaged with masculine energy, it was a representation of my father's abusive mindset. At 40 years old, as you know, we move from me to we. You start growing up a bit and you start asking some bigger questions. And I just started to realize, you know, my dad, bless him, he comes from a Middle Eastern background, like I do. Men in the Middle Eastern background are never given the opportunity to heal emotionally. There's no time to cry. There's only a time to put food on the table and look after your family and that's it. And my dad was never given the opportunity to deal with his own trauma from his father. And he never really was taught how to deal with the family and, and, and really just be emotionally mindful. And so I became empathetic towards his past. And in that process of becoming empathetic, I was able to release him of the angst and anger that I had towards him. And guess what happened? I don't have any abusive alpha males around me. Sure. So you understand that dealing with trauma changes who you come into engagement with because the reality we in echoes back to us, our internal dialogues, our mindfulness and our emotional elegance or the lack thereof. Wow. This is, uh, I mean, John, we, we, we do these and uh, the time goes so quickly when we've got great guests like yourself on them. And I'd love to have you back to chat again about, uh, you know, how we can, uh, how we can change, uh, the now and start thinking about how turning the, the, the future into the now. Uh, future next is available. John's still available, uh, everywhere, everywhere that's, that sells online, et cetera. Your, your book is still available. That's right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm writing my new one right now, so that should be out in about three months. Sure. I love how you've managed to change. I I, I was at a recent uh, talk that you gave, and you gave it on a stage that had people watching from all over the world on the stage. Uh, at Mutual Friends of ours, you have got a conference center, and you utilize that space like nobody else. And you've you've kind of a, you know adapted your your business model in the space a very short space of time, and I'm thankful for that because by by doing such, you've you've taught us how to change what it is we've needed to change. 
to Thank make you. Uh, you know to make our future the next future. Yes, that's uh, nice of you to say. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for joining us on uh, Sipla's Health Matters, and uh, we look forward to having you back on again soon. I look forward to it too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Health Matters with me, Ryan O'Connor, in partnership with Sipla. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please remember to rate and review the show. And importantly, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. You've just enjoyed Health Matters with Sipla.